Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant. Thank you so much for coming on, listening, and sharing our podcast. We are, uh, man, we are just so excited. Yesterday, um, we shared a blog post with some of the best patriot pastors and contributors to Stand Up For The Truth in a blog post, some of the best podcasts of 2020. And thank you guys for helping get it out there. We can tell already that's less than 24 hours. We thank you guys so much. So go to StandUpForTheTruth.com, and you'll see it right there at the top. It's one of our first blogs. Um, anyway, let's open in prayer. I can't wait to talk about the issues we need to cover today. Father, thank you for giving us another opportunity to talk about these important issues, God, that we so often take for granted. And forgive us for that, Lord. Help the church, help your people who are called by your name to repent. Help us, Lord. Forgive us of our apathy. Forgive us of our past silence in the face of evil. Forgive us, Lord, for not speaking up and defending truth, not proclaiming the gospel, not exposing evil in our culture. And now we're at a pivotal time in this nation, Lord, and most people recognize that. I'm not sure if everybody does, but, Lord, I pray for wisdom for your people, for Christians, for believers Those who are listening right now, Lord, most of them already understand. They get it. They understand the times. We pray that you would show us how we can communicate to the people in our sphere of influence. Help us, Lord, to stand for truth, for religious freedom, for all the great blessings we have as Christians in this free country. We love you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness, and we trust you in all things, no matter what. You are sovereign, and we thank you, God, that we can come to you anytime. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we want to get right to it today. Our guest back with us, Julaine Appling of Wisconsin Family Council. Julaine, thank you so much for your time today. Well, good morning, friends. Good to be with you. Exciting good. days. Yes, yes. Good morning. We're getting closer to this election. And before we start, um, your thoughts on Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, she seems to represent a new conservative feminism that the left just really doesn't know what to do with. Well, they don't. They don't know what to do with a very bright, very composed, articulate, um, principled woman who is able to deflect all of their uh, attacks, do it with composure, and um, do battle with them at an intellectual level that just basically, you know, leaves them flat on the ground. And um, she stands for everything that you and I, David, and most of our listeners would agree is right. She's mm-hmm. a mom. She's a wife. She's been married you know, a, to a, a faithful husband and a faithful marriage relationship with a family who has managed a career. And um, this is, isn't this supposed to be what it's all about for the feminists, mm-hmm. that women have all these incredible opportunities and there is no glass ceiling and we can do and be anything we want to be. She's doing and being everything she wants to be. Yeah, it's nice to have the smartest person in the room be on our side <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at those hearings. But, uh, Julaine, so much going on, and that 
is one of the things we will get to at some point in our podcast this morning because the, the stakes are high, and we will uh, get to those in a minute. But first of all, you have a lot of resources available for um, unique election resources available to people, Christians, uh, people who want to know what's going on with this election. I mean, I'm looking at these bullet points, the prayer guide, the honoring God video, the presidential voter resource. Could you maybe highlight a few of the resources you have and people can connect there? Yeah, sure. Thanks, David, for that opportunity. I, first of all, I want to make a declaration as we talk about this. Our organization, um, and I personally do not believe government saves. Government doesn't transform. Government, government isn't even usually the best answer to any question that is ever asked. But it is important that we understand as Christians that government is God's idea, it's not man's, mm -hmm. and that we have a responsibility to be good stewards of the form of government God has given us. As you prayed, David, and as you opened the program, this is a pivotal moment in American history. We are the still the freest people on the face of the earth. Yes. We can get the gospel out because of that. And so when we, when we develop resources for elections, uh, we look to helping the church, helping pastors, help the people be prepared to honor God with their vote. So none of these, none of these that I'm talking about here, tell anybody how they should vote as far as specifically what candidate, what party or anything like that, but they're tools. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to choose this uh, prayer guide, David, because sure. I think, as you mentioned in your prayer, uh, we need people to be aware of what's going on. We need to be people of prayer. That's the admonition of Scripture. This is a daily prayer guide. You can download all of these, by the way, at our website at wifamilycouncil.org on our Election Central tab. But uh, we, we would encourage people to use that prayer guide to help them shape their prayers every single day. Mm. Uh, and I will tell you, first and foremost, we all need to pray for revival. True, true, Holy Spirit-sent revival. It's been a long time since we've had that America. The other thing I would say is that um, we do have a presidential voter resource. This is a head-to-head -head comparison in an educational way, uh, not slanted one way or the other, uh, between the two candidates, two primary candidates, uh, main candidates, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump for president. There's a host of issues listed there from religious freedom to on the life issue, on taxes, on school choice, and just a number of issues, whether they support or oppose uh, certain positions on those key issues. I think that is one that people should make, uh, make sure they get a hold of. Um, the other thing is, I would say that for instance, there's an honoring God flyer that talks about five reasons why I, as a Christian, should be involved with government and care about elections. And uh, we lay out really strong biblical principles for, the, for why we as Christians need to know what's going on. We need to be engaged in it. I, I'm going to take just a moment to pontificate here, David, if I might. Um, and, and again, I'm going to allude to your prayer. We cannot afford to take a pass. We cannot afford to think that, oh, well, it doesn't make any difference. What's the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump or this candidate A or candidate B at the state level or what? Uh, you know, what will be will be. God's going to, you know, no. We need to be educated. We need to be informed. We need to be knowledgeable, responsible voters. We need to be prayerful about this. That's what all of these resources, uh, David, are about. 
from the Honoring God video. We have three pastors who are speaking about the importance of the church. And, and, and that's what it's all about. We would be derelict in our responsibility and duty, as would you, if we did not constantly call the body of God, the body of Christ, to, to understand what is at stake and to get themselves informed. That's that's what we're talking about in these resources. That's right. Thank you so much for making those available. We will link to those at the podcast today, standupforthetruth.com. And by the way, I mentioned our blog post, Pastors and Patriots, the best of 2020, podcasts on God and government, religious freedom. You are in there, Julaine, because you are one of the patriots uh, locally that we go to statewide. That this, uh, You are so influential here in Wisconsin, and we thank you so much for the work that you do. Um, before we continue, I want to ask you about this uh, news story that came out a couple days ago about uh, Wisconsin absentee ballot uh, deadline. There, the court blocked an extension, which would mean, uh, to me, from my understanding, is they now need to be counted the night of the election. Is that uh, Has that changed, or what can you tell us about that story? Well, look, first of all, I think our listeners need to know that this is a nationwide effort by liberals mm -hmm. to mess with the election. Yeah. They have gone into states that are targeted. Wisconsin is one of them. They've been in Pennsylvania. I mean, just look at the map and you can go choose them. And what they've been trying to do is change dates in particular for when absentee ballots can be received by the polling places and be counted as part of the official tally. In Wisconsin, right now, as we're sitting here, an absentee ballot to count must be returned to the clerk's office by the close of the polls on Tuesday, November 3rd. And in the state, every poll closes at 8 p.m. So that that is what people need to understand as of right now. Now, the court case is probably going to be challenged, uh, and, and there's going to be—this probably will go all the way to the Supreme Court to huh. the U.S. Supreme Court, David. Interesting. Now, they changed, if, if you think back to April, I, mean, I know it sounds like an eternity ago, it wasn't <laughs> that long ago, but in April, there was a similar court case regarding our April election and absentee ballots, and all of this is now couched, of course, in COVID. Um, but there was a court case that said, no, you can't require those absentee ballots to come be, be turned in by the close of the polls on the election day. And so they extended that and they had like six more days to be able to they had to postmark them by election day and receive them by I think it was four or five days later. So um, that's what they're trying to do again. I don't know. The Supreme Court agreed with that. The U.S. Supreme Court said, yes, yes, you can do that. So. I, what I want people to understand is don't take a chance. You need a plan to vote, folks, and you need to help other people get a plan to vote. David, can I can I freelance here for just a second oh, on this? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, look, we cannot afford to have to assume, number one, that the polls will be open on November 3rd. And I know, David, people are going to say, oh, how can she say that? That's just chicken little. The sky is falling. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. At last April, on the Friday before the Tuesday election, Governor Evers shut the polls down in our state. Remember that? Wow, yes. Okay, so on Monday at 5 o'clock, 14 hours before the polls were supposed to open on, the, on that Tuesday, the state Supreme Court said, no, Governor, you've overstepped your authority. The polls will be open. 
All right. That's how close we came yes. to all the people who hadn't already voted, who were relying on Election Day to not being able to vote. That could happen again. I think all of the signs are there. The governor is con continuing continuing to talk about how we got to do more than just masks. We got to, you know, quit gathering, quit having these large meetings and all of that. He got his hand slapped a little bit on that this week with a judge over in Sawyer County who shut it down temporarily. But here on, on his mass gatherings order. But but that's how close we've come. Mm -hmm. So number one, absentee ballots are now available. You can go on myvote.wi.gov, myvote.wi.gov. Request an absentee ballot right there online. It will come to you. Now, you can choose to use that or not. You don't have to use it if you get it. But if you get it and you need to use it, you need to assume that that ballot needs to be in the clerk's office no later than 8 o'clock on, no, on November 3rd, Election Day. If they mess with the dates and they extend it, okay, you're safe. But don't assume that that is going to happen. Yes. Get that ballot and fill it out and return it. Let me quickly say on this, you do not have to return the ballot by mail. A lot of people think if it's an absentee ballot, you must return it by mail. Thank you don't you. have to. Yes. You can walk it into the clerk's office. Just put it back in the envelope, fill out the envelope with all the information on there, including a witness and the witness's address. Walk that ballot into the clerk's office or drop it into the drop box that the clerk's office are, our offices are providing all over the state right now, David. Yes. Second thing, you can also vote early in person and avoid, uh, if, if the polls remain open, which I sincerely hope they do on election day, but if, if you want to avoid crowds because of COVID and all of that, then vote early that begin in person. And that begins this coming Tuesday, October 20th, and runs technically through Sunday, November 1st. Now that's most for Wisconsin. For Wisconsin. Some states most, are already and, and, some states already have early voting. Ours is the 20th. That, that's right. And so whatever state you live in, know the rules here. Mm -hmm. Know your absentee ballot rules. Know your early in-person voting rules. And make a plan and execute that plan. Because the courts are going to be messing with things. And they might mess with them right up to the bitter end. But what you, the surest way... To have your vote not count is to not let it be cast. <laughs> mm. You know, I don't I, I mean, I'm not trying to make this overly simplistic, but if, if something happens in any state, David, and all of a sudden polls are not open on Election Day and you haven't taken precautions to to get your vote counted, then you're, you're out of luck. Mm -hmm. You don't get to cast a ballot. Wow. So I, 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 look, we need to we need to be wise as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Part of being wise as a serpent right now is to make a plan to vote to ensure that your vote actually gets counted and um, is there in the proper way in the proper time. The deadline was uh, Wednesday, the 14th yesterday to register to vote online. But I want to encourage people to walk in. If you are physically able, please walk your ballot in or go in and vote in person whenever your state opens up for early voting. Um, this is we cannot. You're right, Jelaine. We cannot take this for granted. And every vote, especially in swing states, every vote is so crucial because, you know, there's voter fraud. You know, there's cheating. You know, the left has pulled out all the stops. Why would it surprise us? Steve Smotherman, Pastor Steve Smotherman was on with us a couple weeks ago. He's out in New Mexico, one of the bluest states in the country, and it's, it's actually the uh, 
late-term abortion capital in the U.S. I think it's either mm-hmm. Santa Fe or Albuquerque. He said, if regarding the Democrat platform, he said, if you can kill babies, you're capable of just about anything. So why wouldn't they lie or cheat or, or take steel ballots or try to mess with this election? So we cannot, Jelaine, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, we cannot take it for granted. But you, Wisconsin Family Action, PAC, endorsed President Donald Trump for 2020. We can gladly say that on the air. And um, before we go on, there's so much that's concerning about them trying to really threaten people um, about COVID-19. Oh, it's going to be too dangerous to go out and physically vote. I, I've never seen anything like this with the media playing up the fear and the panic. They have to. Mm-hmm. That's all they, they have. They, 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 look, this whole thing is predicated on keeping the people um, scared, mm-hmm. frightened. I, I think the president had it exactly right, David, when after he was dealing with COVID and he came out and he was getting better and he, he was back in the White House and he came out and he said, don't let COVID dominate your life. And what he was essentially saying was, don't let fear paralyze you. Don't let fear rob us of who we are as Americans. Don't let fear dominate us to the point that we shut this country down because they're hoping. Look, everything right now is Donald Trump's fault, right? If you're a liberal, everything is Donald Trump's fault. There's, There's nothing that isn't his fault. And so as a result of that, if they can keep that idea and fear and chaos and confusion and uncertainty in the minds of the people, then they have a much better opportunity of doing a couple of things. Number one, keeping concerned people home because they're too afraid to go out in public and go to the polls and vote. And number two, that if there's just a change, if we just change who's the leader, this will all get better magically Hmm. and everything will go away and you know life will instantly return to normal that's just that's just a lie from the pit of hell Mm -hmm. but uh, you know one thing i think that liberal progressives really do understand better than we do is human nature and and they are working it to the hilt david yes they They understand that if you can keep people afraid and you can keep them stirred up and uncertain they will react in ways that are pretty predictable when it comes to fear, they'll either be paralyzed or they'll be irrational. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I- so if they, so they're accomplishing their mission. What we need to do is to, we might be fearful of certain things and there are bona fide things to be fearful of. All right. But, but what is the antithesis, the opposite of fear? It's not doing nothing. It's doing something in spite of the fear that you know will be the right thing to do, that's called courage. Mm. And so we have to we have to keep reminding people that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't. He's given us the the, the spirit of 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 power and of love and of a sound mind. And we need to be really thinking about that sound mind thing. What if, what are the liberals and 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 progressives capitalizing on? Not logic. Not reason, not rational thinking. They're they're focused almost exclusively on emotion. Exactly, exactly. Big amen to that. Emotion drives people and sometimes leads them to be irrational, as you uh, pointed out. But friends, I agree. We must be people of faith. We have to get back to being the church. Church is essential. We've got to forget the lies and the deception that's being promoted out there. Uh, We have to take a break in about 30 seconds, but when we come back, we are going to talk about what exactly is at stake 
and we are not exaggerating at all. I'm going to get Julaine's take on some of the biggest issues that we are going to be voting on. And, and Christian, I pray in Jesus' name that you are going to be voting, hopefully in person. Also, the big tech Democrats have been censoring Christians and conservatives on Facebook and Twitter. I've been hearing from many of my friends who are being censored, shadow banned, and blocked on social media. This is concerning as well. More with Jelaine Appling coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Jelaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Council, and we are blessed to talk about some of these important issues and what is at stake in this upcoming presidential election. And, of course, there are local state elections. Uh, we very rarely understand what's going on locally in the school boards and uh, what people are running for statewide, but we need to be informed. But let's get back to some of these threats to our freedoms in America. Guys, I just got an email before I got on the air from Tony Garulli of Radical Truth. He posted a video, and it's already been banned. He got one of those things from uh, Facebook or Twitter, one of the two saying, uh, this content doesn't meet our community standards or whatever it is. And this is, you know, this is the kind of thing that's happening to more and more people. It's been happening to us at Stand Up For The Truth on our Facebook page for years. And we have not been able to break through and we have not been able to get a response or do anything about that. So I encourage you again to go to our website, StandUpForTheTruth.com, and please share our podcast. Julaine, do you deal with any of this on Wisconsin Family Council or Wisconsin Family Action, any social media? Have you been warned or banned or about community standards or anything by big tech? Well, yeah, we've been uh, a number of times we've had posts that we want to boost or ads that we wanted to run. Uh, we've been told that they didn't meet those standards and of course, our media person is constantly looking for ways to work around that and still get our message out. But, you know, this is an interesting situation. These are privately owned companies. Yes. You know, and so on. I want them to play fair. I want them to be part of the American system where mm -hmm. we play, you know, we treat everybody equally. But uh, because isn't that what this is all about? Every day we hear equality, equality, you know, right. no discrimination, blah, blah. Um, but when it comes to the truth from a Christian perspective or a strong conservative perspective, suddenly the that it's not equal and, and, and it never will be. But let me let me say carefully here. I do respect the right of private companies to be able to make up their own rules. I may not like the rules, but I do respect the right of them to do that. The other side doesn't play it fair at all on this because when Jack Phillips told a same-sex couple that he would not design a wedding cake for them, they went down to the um, Human Rights uh, Equality Office and, and filed a lawsuit, and he you know, got dragged into court all the way up to the Supreme Court, and now he's back in there for a transgender case, and we can tell story after story. Jack Phillips' Masterpiece Cake Shop is a privately owned company. He should have the right to say yes or no on, vi on doing something that would violate his religious beliefs, right? So I say, hey, this should work both ways. Okay. It doesn't work both ways. No. And so we have to we have to recognize that. We have to work with it. We have to figure out how can we work with it and around it. Um, it no, it's not fair. No, it's not right. It, is it right that the uh, mainstream media doesn't cover what they should be covering and they don't do fair and honest reporting? No, it's not right. 
it's not right by any standard. Quick story, David, on this. Sure. This goes back to 2006 when we were working on the marriage amendment here. We had three privately owned companies deny us advertising and working with us. We were in the middle of the fight for our lives on their marriage amendment. Our web designer and graphic designer called me one day. We were like three weeks away from the vote and said, Jelaine, I have to drop everything I'm doing with you. I said, what do you mean you have to? She said, well, we work in Madison and all these companies know I'm working for you. And they tell me that if I keep working for you, they will quit doing work with me and I can't afford that. She dropped us right then. We had truck advertising. We were going to run wrap around, you know, on the on trucks with just vote yes for marriage. Truck company called and said, oh, we can't run that. That would be offensive after we had already paid for it, of course. And we were going to uh, advertise on the Wausau Daily Herald on a Sunday morning with a little sticky on the front page. And we went all the way up to the publisher. Everybody said, OK, publisher said, oh, we can't run a vote yes for marriage thing. That would be offensive. <laughs> now, we could have filed lawsuits in all of those, David. Wow. Apparently. Right. Yep. But we didn't because we respected the right of the private company to make that kind of choice. All right. So that's where we are. So we all have to figure out, okay, get on these websites. Folks, if you're listening today, make sure you go to the standing up, stand up for the truth website. Make sure you're on there. You're getting those podcasts. Get to our websites, work around it. We have to be willing to say, okay, I can't control them. This is what we got to do. That's just what we that we just have to recognize this. Yes, We do. And unfortunately, this is the way it is, friends, more and more. I mean, um, if you think about it, we, we think about why don't we boycott? I mean, there's now Parler. I, I encourage you guys to go to Parler instead of Twitter. Uh, but they're growing. They're social media. They're conservative. They're not going to ban or censor anything. So go to Parler.com. Um, I've been on there for several months. It's been around for six months. It's growing. But that these are some of the things we slowly have to do. But in the meantime, a lot of the, the big tech, a lot of the social media, it's owned Entertainment is owned by the left. It's owned by the Democrats. On this story that came out yesterday, Jelaine, the New York Post published email correspondence between Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and Vadim Pozarsky, an advisor to the board of Ukrainian national gas company Burisma, appearing to show Pozarsky's thanking the younger Biden, Hunter Biden, for setting up a meeting with his father— who is then serving as vice president. Now, this email, if true, would contradict claims from Joe Biden that he's never spoken with his son about his overseas business dealings. What has happened since that yesterday, it's, it's been banned on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter responded by saying, given the lack of authoritative reporting on the origins of the materials included in the article, we're taking action to limit the spread of this information. So the New York Post <laughs> account now... The New York, not the New York Times, they're radicals, they're leftists, but the New York Post, their account has been locked. Twitter's completely censoring the Hunter Biden story. Users can't even send it in direct messages. This is a problem when you've got something like this it, approaching an election that shows corruption, apparent corruption. Jelaine, uh, your thoughts, because we are helpless in a way. We are helpless, but this is but this is how it works, and uh, this it should be headline news. Should it be. should be on every major broadcast coming over the TV and radio out on the internet. It should be carried at every level. If it were Donald Trump, it certainly oh would goodness. be, yes. or any any conservative, but in particular Donald Trump, it would be everywhere. You know, um, but if if there's a pattern, it's not it's not a hard pattern to detect. It's very <laughs> consistent. Yeah. 
they're doing the look we've known the mainstream media and the entertainment world is nothing but a shill for the democratic liberal progressive people and for their candidates and they are doing everything they can to shut down any kind of message that makes them look bad or um and and they're doing everything they can to prop up messages that will help them in their in their considered opinion and and so i what i find funny about that is they say, you know, well, there's not sufficient corroborating evidence. They do do news stories all the time without yep. sufficient corroborating, you know, evidence and of the of the veracity of something. So that look, they're just making it up as they go along. Yep. Now is the time. Oh, oh my word, David. You know, my prayer <laughs> on this is that God will somehow multiply our influence way beyond what we have that he would just take us i don't know david how you how you view this all but i am just one person a humble i want to be humble servant i just my passion is to spread the message of truth as far as i can as quickly as i can i feel that's just my burden right now and my prayer is god will somehow open up the 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 communication channels and spread it and here's mm. how i think it's going to be spread okay Fi on Facebook, fi on Twitter, you know, but we have email, we have other means, we have one-on-one -on -one communication, but we have to make ourselves committees of one to make sure the people in our sphere of influence are knowledgeable about this, share the news pieces, yes. share the information about what Trump has done in policy. Don't like him as a person? I'm not asking you to love him or even like him. I think we need to look at his policies yes. and share that news and encourage people to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Staying home, getting irritated, getting angry and doing nothing or doing the opposite of what you think you should do is exactly the wrong reaction right now. So, David, we've got to we've got to use what we can mm -hmm. and what we have to overcome the influence. We have to we're Christians. We believe God is in control of all of this. It did not surprise God that Facebook shut all this down, that Twitter shut all this down, That's right. it, that the mainstream media won't pick it up. It's not surprising him. We need to figure out what God's doing and get with him on this and use what we can to help people understand the seriousness. I think he's trying to wake up the church, the lukewarm church of Laodicea <laughs> in the United States of Entertainment. I think our backs are already up against the wall when it comes to the government or people like Emperor Evers and others around the country trying to control churches, how you worship. You're not going to tell me how to worship my God in our church building. I mean, this is this, this is just amazing things that we have allowed to happen. But I, I digress. Let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to what is at stake here. So our freedoms are being attacked. They have been under attack for years. Trump's character is not the problem or the issue, friends. Here's what I want people to understand, Julaine, that there is a concentrated push to get to people who are uninformed voters. I might call them ignorant, but let's just say they're uninformed voters to get them to register to vote. I'm seeing this push from the NBA, the NFL, from Hollywood. I'm seeing more commercials than I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not exaggerating during this election cycle on getting people to get out and vote. And it's always these channels or these programs that you know there's going to be more young people or more liberals watching. Of course they want to get them out. They don't care. They don't know the policies. They don't know the platforms. But here's the thing. If you don't understand what's at stake from the platform and the policy and you're buying the media talking points 
and the left, you're looking at Trump's character, his tweets, and his bombastic, you know, personality, which, you know, of, of course, we're, none of us are saying, yeah, we're right in line with that. That's a Christian. No. But look at the policies and platforms. Jelaine, you sent me some bullet points and things you wanted to discuss, and I'll just let you uh, talk about whatever ones you want to put in whatever order as far as what is at stake coming up in this election. Well, you set it up well, and thank you, David. Um, this is not about personality persona. This is not about past. This is not about um, the, you know, the person, if you will. At this point, this is about policy. This election is about policy, and we need to come to grips with that. You know, um, everything is at stake, if you think about it. I would certainly argue that religious freedom is on the ballot. Look, um, mm -hmm. religious freedom is in the crosshairs of basically every issue we're dealing with. And we as Christians value religious freedom because it is the means by which we are able to gather in our houses of worship, to be able to 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 spread the gospel, even more importantly than gathering in our houses of worship, to spread the gospel in the public arena. The, the First Amendment is not about the fact that I have freedom of worship, meaning I can go to my church and or in my home or in my Christian school and worship God. It's about the fact that I can exercise my faith in the public square, in the halls of government, that I am not restricted there. Right now, the push is to keep people of faith on the sideline. Look what they're doing to Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> yes, They're subtly saying, your faith disqualifies you yeah. to serve on our U.S. Supreme Court. They don't want the faith. Of, why? Let, let's examine why this is true. They don't want our faith in the public arena because we speak truth on the issues and it gets in the way of their agenda. You cannot That's promote right. abortion when you have people of faith saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Every, every human being is made in the image of God and has inherent value and worth. God is the author. Of, you can't take that. You can't promote the LGBTQ agenda when you have God's word saying clearly, I made male and female. That's it. Bingo. No more. No mistakes. Nothing different. Marriages between one man and one woman. A family unit is a married mom and dad and biological or and, and or children or adopted children should God bring that blessing into that union uh, you you can't you can't advance this radical wholesale sexual anarchy if you have people out there saying that's not good for you that's not good for our culture that's not good for our people we get in their way over and over and over and over again we we are pushing back because we are people who believe that there is a better way for people we by the way Let's put this in the context. Why do we do that? Because we hate people? Because we want what's bad for them? We want to make them upset, unhappy, unfulfilled? No, because we know that God's way is always the best way. And when we follow God's rules and keep within his boundaries, we are all better off. It's because we love God and we love people that we push back against these things because we care. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so freedom, religious freedom is so important that, um, but I, I would say to you, every, every freedom is on the ballot. One of the things people don't understand is we hear a lot about socialism. Socialism, D David, would you agree right now socialism is the answer to ev all the ills of society? That's yeah. what we're hearing. Yeah, well, young people are believing it. Yeah, well, they have every reason to believe it. That's what they've been schooled in. Yes, They've been sitting in our public schools where we've been told that they've been told that America is an imperialistic bully. And, you know, we we were founded on slavery and all these horrible lies about the founders and about the founding of our country and how we've operated. Yeah, 
flawless. We aren't perfect by any means, but we aren't completely bad either. Mm -hmm. So these kids come through and government becomes God, right? The dispenser yes. of all good things comes from government. My job, my housing, my transportation, my education, my cell phone, my heating, my cooling, my, my, um, my food. It's all from God. From a Christian's perspective, from a socialist perspective, it all comes from the almighty government. Hmm. And so let me say this very clearly. In order for socialism to succeed in a country and a culture, you have to eradicate religious freedom. Yes. You got to. I want people it, it to understand that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Prosperity. You want a, a middle class prosperity is a means by which we've sent the gospel around the world for for decades, century, uh, you know, probably the better part of a century or two. And when you when you crush middle class prosperity, which would be crushed by socialism, which would be crushed by high taxes, um, and uh, crushing that. By the way, who provides the jobs in this country for the middle class people? The wealthy people who have started and maintained businesses, and they go out and hire people, grow their business, hire more people, so that those people that they hire can feed their families and have a middle class lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it'll be it, it, it's all in the ballot. Um, the last one I'll mention right real quickly here is life. We have candidates out there. One is saying, I will make the promotion of Planned Parenthood and the refunding of it and the promotion of abortion, one of my top priorities if I'm elected. We have another one who said, oh, just recently I just signed an executive order saying that if a baby survives an abortion, some kind of medical care has to be given to that baby in certain situations to at least give it a chance to live. The born alive uh, protection that the president just signed as an executive order recently. He has pledged to do more. He's pledged if he gets reelected that he will completely defund Planned Parenthood. Mm. If you if you are as a believer and you have any kind of a biblical worldview, when you look at human sexuality, when you look at life, when you look at marriage and the nuclear family or religious freedom or any of those concepts, don't you have to, in some kind of intellectual and spiritual honesty, have to say, I need to be faithful in honoring God with my vote and not voting for people who would suppress religious freedom, who would take life, who would change marriage and family and crush it and destroy middle class prosperity and, and promote um, wholesale sexual anarchy. I need to vote for people who would not do those things. Where, where's the disconnect, David? Hmm. I, I want to talk more about this. We've got to take a break. Um, Jelaine, so much more. I want you to even go in more detail when you say wholesale sexual anarchy. Uh, some people might not understand what that entails. Also, marriage and the family. I want to talk a little bit more about life because Kamala Harris is a radical against life in the womb, for one. School choice, the Second Amendment, so much more. What's really at stake in this election? More with Jelaine Appling on Stand Up For The Truth when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest, Jelaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Council. And Jelaine, we were talking about all these major issues that are at stake in this upcoming election. We are not trying to it sound like uh, sensational. This is not an exaggeration. Um, this election, if if the left gets in, you know Biden is just a suit. He's just, I don't know. It's it's going to be run by other people, and it's gonna it's not going to be pretty. Give them ninety days, and they will accomplish more. I think Curtis Bowers said this recently. He said if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get in office. 
Then you got the Pelosi AOC Democrats and Bernie Sanders Democrats in charge. It, it, they will accomplish more in 100 days in 2021 than they've accomplished in 100 years. And that's Curtis Bowers, who's an expert on communism, socialism, and has studied these things. Jelaine, what are your thoughts? Before we continue on the topic of life, what are your thoughts on what Curtis Bowers said? Well, I think he's right. I think their Democrats have learned that they don't, can't waste time when they do have power. Um, but let mm. me say this about, uh, and this is important because people should have been hearing about Nancy Pelosi and the 25th Amendment. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so let's say let let's let, let's look ahead. Let's say Biden wins. The 25th Amendment would allow for um, him to be de declared incompetent, mm -hmm. and he could even say, "I I am unable to fulfill the office." If Congress were to agree with that, then immediately uh, Kamala Harris would become president. Yes. And that is why Nancy Pelosi is pushing a bill that would put together a commission that is sanctioned by Congress that would have the final say in saying, yep, Joe Biden, you're incompetent. You're unable to fulfill the, the powers and duties of the office of presidency, and we're removing you from that office. And as of this point, Kamala Harris is president. And by the way, once that office of vice president is vacant, then she gets to appoint the next vice president with approval from Congress. Um, and so this is a setup. This is where we're headed. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I know that I, I think I can say this for, for you and me. We're not trying to scare people, but no. we are trying to wake people up. Yes. We aren't. We're not alarmists. We know God is in control. He is sovereign. I think he is trying to get America's attention. I think he's saying, look, I brought you I brought you a huge virus that is having major re repercussions in health and economic and every way. Um, wake up, people. In the middle of all this, in the middle of all of this going on, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies. <laughs> is that outside of God's control? Nope. <laughs> no. God had a time. He appointed that time for her. I pray that she came to faith in Christ before she passed away, by the way. Yes. You know, we shouldn't lose sight of that. Heaven and hell are real. Mm -hmm. And and so so now we had that added to the mix. I think God God is definitely trying to wake us up. And that's David, I think that's our heart. We just want people to be aware, not fearful, not afraid, not overwhelmed, but aware. That's what we're trying to do. Inform, challenge, equip, uh, show you resources that you can go to and get online when it comes to voting, policies, candidates, platforms. Um, one more point. Uh, I'm going to extend this a little bit on, on this issue of life because uh, a President Harris would – that's one of the most frightening ideas I've heard in a long time. Peter Heck wrote an article over, I believe, at Discern – and he said, yes, abortion needs to be a deal breaker for Christians. And he said, uh, by the way, Kamala Harris, in, instead of prosecuting Planned Parenthood in California when she was a DA, when they were exposed for the undercover videos of the, the uh, selling aborted baby body parts, instead of prosecuting them, she prosecuted the, one, the ju citizen journalist, David DeLayden, and the Center for uh, Medical Progress. So... That's Kamala Harris, and she took money from Planned Parenthood. We don't want to get into all that. Actually, we have in past podcasts. But VP Biden has voiced his support for the right of unlimited abortion up to the moment of birth, Christian friends who lean left or are Democrats, funded by the taxpayer. Um, he, 
this is just an amazing thing we're even talking about considering a candidate like this. Um, so Peter Heck writes, in what state of consciousness what must one be in to conclude that Joe Biden and the modern Democrat Party affirms a consistent ethic of life? Because he's writing this in response to some Christians saying, yeah, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm a pro pro-life and I am going to vote for Joe Biden. He says, this is the party that seeks to codify infanticide. This is the party that demands the public school indoctrination of young people with the view of life being nothing but a cosmic accident with no ultimate purpose or destiny. This is the party that actively promotes an ethic that defines, that defines disabled or inconvenient life as unworthy of legal protection. The party that excuses the humane, in quotes, extermination of elderly and infirmed lives, the party that champions as courageous those who would terminate their own existence rather than battle terminal illness. Jelaine, your closing thoughts on this topic of life. Well, in order to get to the point where I, as a believer, can say I will not vote for candidate A because I don't like him or her, I don't like his or her personality, and I will vote for someone who is very much pro-abortion. I am basing everything on my feelings and my emotions. I am not basing it on biblical truth. Nope. And, and, and part of what you got going here is uh, some very basic biblical illiteracy amongst too many Christians. We have the weakness and the anemic preaching sometimes and teaching of churches who don't want to talk about life because it's, quote, a political issue. No. It was. It is a biblical issue that has been politicized. Yes. That does not mean it should not be taught and preached from the pulpits and in the, you know, Sunday schools and Bible studies. We need to. We need to make sure that people understand the truth about this issue. Don't look at this from an emotional standpoint. That that's how this is happening. Peter is is asking what state of consciousness. It's because they are in a an emotional state of consciousness. I don't like his orange skin. I don't like his spray tan. I don't like how he talks. I don't like his name calling. I get that. Mm -hmm. But over here you have a candidate B who is saying, well, if a baby survives an abortion, I'm sorry, but that baby won't have any medical attention, so we're just going to let that baby die. Yep. When, when, do we, when do we cross the line, David, into genocide? People, uh, let me stop right there because people don't understand that that's true because it was the mother's will to have an abortion. If somehow it's a botched abortion and the Democrats say if the baby is born alive, there is no there are no protections for that infant. They just say if it was the mother's will. Let it cry on the table and suffer and die no matter how long it takes. Don't give it any care. This is the heartless policy of most pro-abortion Democrats. Um Julian, we talked about the importance of Christians getting it when it comes to voting. Yesterday, we had a quote of the day here at uh, the radio station, Q90FM. Samuel Adams said, let each citizen remember at the moment he is offering his vote that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. You are accountable for your vote. Um, we can talk about marriage and the nuclear family or school choice or the Second Amendment or Israel. Julaine, we've got five minutes. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say uh, th th this is why this is why we, we need to understand who our founders were. Right. Yes. Um, 
the wisdom. And that's, by the way, why we have that whole campaign of honoring God with your vote. How do you honor God if you vote for people who are okay with no murder? David, it's not heart, just heartless. Mm -hmm. Okay. These are people who have a fundamental disregard for human life. Yes. They 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 acknowledge they don't acknowledge it as being God, as the author of life. It's cosmic mess, you know, primordial soup, that brings about that. So, um, we we need to think about that hard and long. Um, real quickly, let's deal with this Israel thing. So, in the middle of all of the confusion and everything that we've had going on and all of the mayhem, <laughs> we have a president who's now executed what at least three peace agreements. Yes. With um, in the Middle East that protect Israel. It's been nominated you know, for the Nobel Peace Prize, but I know the media doesn't report on that. So most people don't know <laughs> that. But go ahead. Continue, please. Well, and, and, and that's and so, you know, part of the reason you don't hear about that is what are the Democrats going to say? And the liberals, oh, we are against peace. <laughs> you know, they, they can't. So they can't report on it because they yep. don't know what to say without looking like complete idiots. Exactly. Um, but but he is seeking. Are they perfect? Peace, agreedy, uh, peace treaties and peace negotiations? Of course not. Um, and there are people who would say, you know, maybe Israel gave up too much. Um, but anything that brings a measure of peace to that land and saves lives mm -hmm. is, is a good thing. Yes. And so and the Bible is very clear. Those who oppose Israel are not going to be um, blessed of God. Those who are in line with Israel are, are going to receive God's blessing. That's been our country's stance, nation's stance for most of our history. We get, got off on some bad places over recent years, but that's been it. The other thing I will quickly mention is this marriage and nuclear family. Why do we say that's at stake? Oh, this U.S. Supreme Court has spoken on marriage. No, they haven't. The Supreme Judge of the Universe spoke on marriage and eternity passed when he said it was between one man and one woman. Amen. But once you open up the definition of marriage to include anything other than one, one man and one woman, then it's open up for anything else. And so polygamy and polyamory and all kinds of other aberrations and, and, and anomalies are going to be pressing for giving, being given legal recognition for their relationship because love is all is involved with marriage. That is a very dangerous thing. Second thing, second thing about that, the, the nuclear family is the bedrock foundation for every society. Nuclear family, married mom and dad, biological and or adopted children that God may bless them with. When you do not have strong nuclear families, you have a very weak state, community or nation. And when policies come in that make it hard to for those or, or, or they reward the non-formation of those families by encouraging people to give birth outside of wedlock and encouraging divorce and encouraging all kinds of other things, then what you have is you have a foundation of sand. And whatever economic structure you want to build, whatever societal structure you want to build is doomed to failure because God himself said, no, my foundational unit for society for all mankind in all times in all places is the family unit of a married mom and dad that is it and every that's why that's why Ronald Reagan signed an executive order during his his administration that said that was all about, it was entitled the family and he said in my administration everything has to be able to check off this list that it will promote the nuclear family it will strengthen the nuclear family it will protect the nuclear family and it will do no harm to it reagan understood that i think in, in some ways obviously president trump does i don't see that coming out of the democratic party by the way we have party platform comparisons on that website yes. as well people need to know about that yep we've got those uh also available we're going to link those as well very important uh school choice julaine 
I know we only have a minute, but school choice, why is that important? Because it gives parents an ed uh, opportunities to have choices that are in the best interest of their children instead of making sure that everybody's tax dollars goes to pay for the, uh, the government-run schools where we do brainwashing from pre-K through 12th grade. Um, this gives parents an option to get their kids out of those schools and send them to private schools where they can have much more say in what's going on and be, be taught the values that agree with their families. This is an opportunity to use taxpayer funding wisely and in the best interest of the next generation. It's interesting uh, that I think due to the coronavirus, there's been an uptick in e at least interest in homeschooling, if not uh, <laughs> Christian parents actually doing homeschooling, which I think is a wonderful thing because I don't know that the public school system can be redeemed. My parents, my family, teach, uh, sisters, uncle, all in the public school, all teachers, but as the state of it right now, it is so hostile toward Christianity and godless, um, there's no salvation for that system. However, individuals, we know there are Christian teachers there. Uh, your final thoughts, Julaine, on Christians being an influence, whether that be in public education or government. Oh, my word. We need to be everywhere. Every time I turn around, David, I am reminded that God can use Christians in every walk of life. One of my dearest and closest friends is Ben Peterson, Olympic champion wrestler from Wisconsin. He and his brother, John, um, they're, they're, they, they were gold medal you know, winners back in the 70s in the, in the sport of wrestling. How does Ben use his wrestling? To give the gospel. Mm. We need people in media. We need people in the athletic world. We need people in the entertainment world. We need people in schools. I do not believe uh, public schools are redeemable. I will agree with you, David. I don't think we should sacrifice our kids by sending them there. Uh, that's like sending a, a kid to the mission field. We don't do that. Yeah. But we we should put Christians in influential places in administration, in the classrooms, and yes. on the school boards, and in our houses of government. At every level of government, we need the Christian. Why? Why not? Yes. Why, why should we be? Why should we not be <laughs> putting the gospel forward in those yes. places? Thank you, Julaine. Jesus is the truth. We need to continue to stand firm on the Word of God the source of truth. And we've got a big election coming up. Julian, next time we talk to you, it, we're going to maybe know who president, who the president <laughs> is. God bless you. Thanks for your time. Thank you to all the listeners. Support this good station and this good program. All right. We'll be right back on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Friends, please, please, please go to and share the best Pastors and Patriots 2020 podcasts on God and government. And you can go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. And there are pastors. You'll get podcasts in there. Paul Blair, Steve Smotherman, Rick Scarborough, Andy Woods, Dan Fisher, Jan Markell, Stephen Broden, Scott Lively, Gary Kaw, Heidi St. John, Alex Newman, J.B. Hickson, Elijah Abraham, Bill Cook, John Haller, Chris Quintana, Julianne Appling, and Seiko Woods. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and share the best 2020 podcasts. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.